Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Pursuit of Results <laughs> podcast, where successful people share one book that changed their life. We've got a very interesting guest. He's talking about an extremely interesting book called The Medici Effect, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's bring in the junior grandmaster himself, my partner in all crimes and speaking engagements and uh, hotel trashing and whatever else we've been doing lately. Greg McDaniel, Greg, what's up today? What up, Matt? We're like yeah, 2016 version of like 80s hair bands when we stay in hotels, like gluing chairs to the ceiling and shit all kinds of fun stuff nowhere right. close to that it's more like us like passing out like old minute like eight o'clock going oh, bro. so tired that's right oh. i don't think keith moon ever ordered room service and went to bed at 8 a.m but if he did that's <laughs> we would be exactly like keith moon well anyway. i think i think going to bed at 8 a.m could be like him but we were going to bed at 8 p.m um but yes no uh, tim is going to be here with us bef- uh, again today god we have had him on our uh, our other podcast real estate uncensored this man is an epic wealth of knowledge and uh, the book like matt was talking about is so cool and i'm really pissed at audible right now because they don't carry the book and how is a dyslexic supposed to learn without an audible book this is an injustice to mankind matt tim we must write a letter to the president immediately Gosh. That's right. All right. Well, Tim Stafford, officially welcome to the show. (laughs) Hey, guys. Well, I could always read the book for you, Greg, and then, you know, just I get one subscriber. Oh, that's great. You know, with some lowly, like soothing music behind you, I'll just lay back on a chase lounge and listen to the music and and the booking become smarter. I like this. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll work on it for you. (laughs) All right, Tim. So, share with everybody, just give us a 60 second bio on who you are, where you are, and what you do. Uh, my name is Tim Stafford. I uh, teach at uh, St. Thomas University in the education department. Uh, I teach mostly on instructional design and uh, educational leadership. I work with doctoral students. Uh, I also work uh, as a consultant uh, in social media and uh, also instructional design for uh, as, a, as a means for marketing. And um, I don't know, I hang out with um, Matt and Greg whenever they need an extra guy. You know, and uh, <laughs> we always need you, Tim. We always need so, you. That's right. I, I and I, I I like everyone else have lost more brain cells than I kept, but the ones that are are around are work most of the time, so it's good. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. Good, cool, man. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's get into the book a little bit and tell me uh, about the the Medici effect and kind of well, first take me back to when you came across the book. Well, um, you know, I, I, when, you, when I was in school, I was in grad school, and I was doing my dissertation in grad school, um, I, had, I spent a year, believe it or not, uh, trying to get a proposal through. There's a, there's a process of doing your dissertation, and the first part of it is that you have to push a proposal through that the school will okay. And I pushed through 18 proposals before they finally approved the 19th one. But 18 of them in, I came across this book called The Medici Effect. I was pretty much uh, ready to, to um, burn down a building somewhere. And, um, <laughs> by that the way point, I feel about uh, audible.com right now. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it was, it was a lot of work, and I'd spent a year trying to just get started, and I couldn't get started. And I read this book uh, by Franz Johansson um, called The Medici Effect. And I, I suddenly discovered that there was a different way that I, I, maybe I could think. And so I started to use the concepts in the book to develop um, a new way of thinking about what I wanted to study for my dissertation. And that actually worked. It actually gave me a, a new uh, idea. And actually what was interesting about it was, is that now from there, uh, the consulting I do, the, uh, the work that I do for uh, both nonprofits and for-profits, uh, uh, the fact that I'm even connected to you guys is really testament to the book existing and me reading it and 
it changing the way that I, I assumed things should go together. And I, and I started to think really differently about things. And so it's really opened up a whole world for me to um, be able to explore different intersections of things that um, normally people like myself who are in academics don't really have an opportunity to really get involved in it. So that's, that's kind of where it all started for me. You know, I, for those of you who don't know, Tim and I randomly met on a blab where I was blabbing away. All those who are watching this down the road and you have no idea what a blab is, it's an old software that's now dead. But, you know, Tim and I jumped on, he and I like befriended each other and I said, dude, I think you're going to be awesome. Come on our Real Estate Uncensored show and then our, we developed from there. But that was your first day on blab, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my very first day on blab ever. It was actually the first show I actually clicked on because it was the only thing live at the moment. So out of default, you clicked on the show. <laughs> I just did. I just clicked on the show. I said, "Okay, well, I'll check it out." And uh, and then it was you guys, and then and then I, I and then I and blab was weird because you could you could watch and not say anything, you know, or mm-hmm. you could go on. So I just started to I just texted a couple of things into the chat room or whatever, and then you guys were like, "Hey, if you're out there, come on!" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And my intern. <laughs> And my intern was sitting next to me. I'll never forget. And she goes, oh, I'm out of here. And she like bolted. <laughs> they so, all rolled out. They all rolled right out of the field. So I, I, I went on and I was like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know? And so I was sitting in my office and I'm trying to find, like I'm looking through my desk trying to find a set of earphones. I mean, it was, it was pretty <laughs> wild. But, uh, but you know what? I, I, uh, I have really enjoyed getting to know you guys. And of course, the people that are a part of Real Estate Uncensored have been really great to me. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of, we've had a lot of great conversations. I've really been able to help a lot of people. So it's been really great. So That's never in a million years would I've ever thought that, you know, a nerd like me that teaches at a university would be able to help a bunch of realtors that are trying to sell houses. That's the beautiful part about the Medici effect, though. It allows you to push things together and, and to reverse the assumptions that you have that certain things only have to go certain ways. Yeah. And that's kind of the story of my life anyway. And so um, that's, really, that's really what's been good for me about it. I think that's a, that's a really powerful thing right there, Tim. And a lot of people get stuck in a box and they never get out of the box because they never are willing to push against the status quo. And but the, you, like your example, you're a walking, living testament to that. You push against the status quo. You walked into something that was uncomfortable and unknown and beautiful things, you know, bloomed out of that. A lot of folks just see doom and gloom and despair and, you know, everything negative in the world. Like, oh, what if I fail? What if I die? What if, what if people don't like me? But they never have the huevos to actually take that step, right? I mean, step up, grow a pair, and just step into the unknown, and life can radically transform for you. And so what? The worst case scenario, worst case scenario, that it sucks. So pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and go do it again. The world, the universe is not going to conspire against you. It wants to see you grow, but you got to do something different today that you haven't done, that you didn't do yesterday to get to that next level. I mean, that's right. That's right. And, and a lot of times I think what people do too, and, and, and you know, it's funny that you hear, I hear about uh, people talk about this, that, well, I think outside the box. And I think what, well, that's always good. You know, if you're in a box and you can get outside the box and look at the box in a different way, that's always a good thing. But I, I think that what this book really showed me was you don't always have to assume that the box needs to exist. Or just throw the damn box away. Sometimes you just have to turn around and walk away from the box. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's just what happens. And, 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 you know, sometimes the bot, you're going to find another box. And I realize that, you know, when we start talking philosophically, we get into these kind of conundrums, but the, 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 the reality though, is that sometimes by talking to somebody in somebody else's box, you can learn a lot. 
and uh, and you can learn a lot about things you didn't know about. And so I think that's what's really important. I think our tendency is to hold very close to ourselves the things that we always believed and hoped were true. But you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes truth is out there. You got to go find it. And um, sure. and so you know, uh, and sometimes I, I always tell people, I tell people at the university all the time that you know. Truth can be found, but often the, it's not so much that people don't believe that a, a truth can't be found or it's not that they don't believe that they can discover it for themselves. Most people, especially in a university level, they're somewhere in that reality. But the, it's the third part that nobody wants to talk about. It's the elephant in the room, and that is that probably in order to find the truth, you have to realize that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You're wrong about something. And, and when you get to that point, then you can actually begin to listen to other people and say, Hey, you know what, maybe there's something to what you're saying and maybe there's something I can do that's different. And maybe the box that I've been living in, there's something that's true about it, but I've got to branch out and I've got to turn my back on the box for a little while while I go and uh, find, find some other things to make that, make it work. And so, and I think that's what this book really does did for me. It, it, it helped me to understand the idea of, of reversing assumptions and realizing that, you can't have too many ideas, you know, hmm. you can, it, because if you have too many, if you, if you have the idea that I have too many ideas, then what you do is you narrow down the number of ideas you can have. And then that it stymies you from finding something that might be very unique. And so um, that's, what's really important to me is how does a person, you know, um, take the, the, the complexity of who they are. You know, I mean, if you think about it, uh, what this book did for me is it, it, it allowed me to stretch what I do or who I can impact in, in a much greater, in a much greater exponent. It's mm-hmm. exponentially greater because if I only say, well, look, I went to school for this. So I'll give you a really good example. I went to school for education. And, and so, you know, that means I can only go out and talk to educators. Well, so now that's it. I mean, I, okay. I, I have now completely, bagged myself into a box that I've just got to figure out how to innovate within that? Well, no. I mean, if I'm an educator, then maybe what I know about learning, for instance, maybe I can turn that into something that we can know about social media. Mm-hmm. Because social media is nothing different than just people in digital environments. So I know about people in classrooms. Maybe that works in people. Maybe if I get on, on, um, on, the, on the internet and I say a bunch of stuff that sounds it sounds like everything I would say to a teacher, but I'm talking to people about marketing. Maybe it's the same. Maybe there's some, there's some expanse there. Maybe there's something there. And that's where, you know, you just got to get out of this idea that, well, I trained for this. I think this way. I know all this stuff. Because the truth is, you know, what I might know, the ideas that I have, if I couple them with all of your ideas, we may come up with a new idea. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, and he really talks about that. I mean, he talks about the idea of innovation is that all new ideas come from ideas that already exist, but they're put together in a different way because we're just allowing, we're, we're kind of exponentially putting the ideas out there. He taught, one of the things he talks about that's really funny is um, he talked about a lady, a family, a Muslim family that moved to Australia. And of course in Australia, there's a quite a beach culture. And so he, um, he realized that his wife, um, of course, in Australia, the beach culture basically uh, included, it, most people wore bikinis. Well, as a Muslim woman, she couldn't wear that. She had to wear a burqa. So the problem was, is that, you know, going to the beach and swimming in a burqa was just not working. I mean, that's just that's very <laughs> uncomfortable. And so typically what she did was she, she sat in the sand while her kids and her husband played in the water. 
And so she said, you know, what if I could somehow take the idea of a burqa and the idea of a bikini and combine them in some way? And so she made what is now called the burkini, which has made her multiple millions of dollars because Muslim women all over now can wear this full body swimsuit uh, of sorts that's loose enough that it, it, conf- it, it conforms with all their religious, their religious needs, but it allows her to swim in the hmm. ocean. So it's that kind of thing, you know, where it's somebody who's saying, hey, it's not what we can't do, but what's possible with what we know. Hmm. And that's what's that's what's important. It's because knowledge, knowledge can be very stifling or it can be very freeing. And so if we're going to be if we're going to be knowledgeable about something, then it's not so much what I know, but is what can I do with what I know that's done that's different than what just is typically done with what I know. You know, I mean, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. And so that's the idea. The idea is behind the book is trying to understand how these intersections happen. And it happens because we, everyone who had one of these intersections happen, um, they, they reversed the assumption that it couldn't be done or they reversed the assumption that that beachwear has to look a certain way or that, that you couldn't do this thing. I, I, there's another story he told us about a guy who had to build the largest, um, the largest building in Harare, Zimbabwe, and he had to build it without air conditioning. So he studied termites and how they vent their, their hills, and he put that into a technology that was able to keep the building from being at, at 72 degrees with no, with no air conditioning. It's just he did this huge study. Well, so you're studying entomology, and he got with some of the world's greatest entomologists, people that study um, bugs for a living, who normally never have anything to do with building a building. And by bringing these ideas together, he built this completely complex building that, that is, that's, that's, you know, it's, world, it's globally known for what it, what it is. So, I mean, you just have all of these things that, that people, it, it's, it's not just about doing something the same, but in a different way. It's really about reversing the assumption that we things can only be done one way and then and once you get past that then it's okay so what do i know that can innovate what somebody else knows and the only way we can do that is kind of like what we're doing right now we're it's 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 taking a chance of meeting somebody who um we seemingly are completely different Mm -hmm. but it turns out we're not it turns out that what you guys know about selling a house is very important when it, it but it, it becomes exponentially important to when it, it, it connects with somebody who maybe knows how to market a book or mm-hmm. somebody who knows how to create, um, you know, uh, the perfect cake. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah. what, 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 what do these things have that to go together? I don't know, but it's, are we willing to explore that or not to see mm-hmm. if we can come up with a new idea? Well, yeah, I was I was thinking about that this morning because me, Greg, you and I had a, a funny moment coming out of the uh, the CAR Expo the other day where we were speaking and coming coming to that the big the the lobby or whatever where he had the choice of the escalator or the stairs, <laughs> and we were chuckling about all the people that were just riding the escalator up and they're like, no, we're gonna take the stairs. And I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like. <laughs> That like that like the presence of an of an escalator splits people into those two groups: the people that just take the stairs, and then the people that ride on the escalator. And it occurred to me, I'm like, well, that's not even the best option. The best option is to run up the escalator, like <laughs> take the shortcut, but still work hard. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those things where, 
Now, it's it's difficult if you have if you have the mentality of always taking the shortcut and taking the easy way out. You tend to look for things that give you that ability, right? If you're a work ethic person, you tend to look for the hard way and you take pride in taking the hard way. And sometimes you ignore the shortcuts when in reality there's the hardest part. The hardest thing to do is to balance that and be open to other ideas, mm -hmm. and then apply your work ethic to new ideas that you get further faster. Uh, it's just one, it's one of those weird mental things where and I was thinking about like, well, what gives someone like that that ability? The ability to, yes, have a super strong work ethic but still be open to shortcut opportunities. You think of a guy like Tim Ferriss who is willing to work hard but he yeah. figured out, that, hey, if I make all of my calls between 7.30 and 8 a.m. and 5 and 6 p.m., I can get you know twice as the twice the results of making calls during the day. He was still willing to pick up the phone and call, but he just found a better way to get better results and more exponential results. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like what makes that person that way, and I think it's just it's falling in love with the result that you want. Yeah. You know, like Tim, you mentioned the in the the examples that they have, they knew what they wanted. They knew that yes, there's not an answer right now. And I don't know exactly what the answer is. I don't know if it's by combining things. I don't really know what the what the innovation answer is. But they fell in love with, I want the results so bad that I'm willing to do whatever it takes and go against things that I know or combine things that I'm not really expecting or at least be open to new thoughts and new ideas for things to connect and then that will get me to the result that I want. And I think most people, uh, and I've been this way in the past, we look at it in the, through the lens of what we're willing to do not the result that we want. Does that make yeah. sense? It was actually twofold. I want to go back to what Tim was saying a little bit earlier. You know, if people, when people are listening to this, they're like, God, I know I would love to do something. You know, how do I come up with doing it? Well, Matt and I were challenged by Jay Samet uh, several months ago, I believe somewhere in the beginning part of the year. He said, go down and write, yeah, write, write down 10 things every day that bother you and do that for a month there and then shake it out and vet it out and try to kill it and zombify, zombify your ideas. If you can't kill it, there's a multi-million or billion dollar idea in there that like Tim was saying, just plug holes, you know, just find ways that, you know, take two different things and put them together that usually aren't together. I mean, Matt, our product that we're coming out with is a, a compilation of, of exactly that. Yeah. We have two different things that people have been trying to modify and not modify, but monetize a certain aspect of the real estate industry um, or subsect of the real estate industry, and then overturn another aspect of it, which is negatively affecting a lot of the majority of the real estate agents. So you and I, you know, we tried to zombify it, and we can't kill it. So we're putting it into action, guys. The things that Tim's talking about, that Matt's talking about, these things are around you every single day. They're literally flying above your head. They pass you on the street every single day. But you just have to be open your eyes to see them. And then once you see them, be willing to look at them, like Tim was saying, in a reversed way. Don't look at them straight on. Look at them from the rear end and say, okay, let's work our way backwards through this prog pro problem. Where can we plug holes with things that might not fit? You'll be, a, you'll be astounded. Like when Matt and I got together and when Tim and I get together, all the three of us, we're sitting there just chattering. God, I wish we, we could record the, the conversation between the three of us because some ideas and topics come up that are just epic. So start remembering those things. Start putting that top of mind. It's like when you look for a red car, you're going to find red cars, guys. Same principle applies.
Well, let's close out with that, Tim. I mean, how how was the book? I mean, obviously it caused this big mental shift and and being much more open to ideas, and obviously you're open to the connection, which led to be you being on Blab, which then led to us bringing you on our show, and now you're on this show. Like we literally wouldn't even be talking without mm-hmm. this book. But in terms of like the practical ways that you implement it, is there something that you do to generate ideas or be open to ideas on a daily or a weekly basis? Well, uh, yeah, I, I would say there's probably three things. Number one. Um, I pretty much face fear in the face on. I, I mean, I, I, I take fear face on every day, because the truth is that the biggest issue that academics have, and I, 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 it's fun to listen to you guys talk about issues that real estate people have, because it turns out we're all people and have all the same problems. But that's that's very <laughs> even robots have problems. Um, but um, uh, no, what's funny about the whole thing is, is that is that academics have a huge problem, and that is that we can't monetize anything we know. Right. And, and it's really hard for us. So the only way we – now, I'm, I'm just talking about assumptions. The only way that we can assume that we can make any money is to be a part of a university. Yep. And the problem with that is that worked for a long time. But unfortunately now, with online learning the way it is and everything, that has been completely changed. And so, you know, there are really a lot of great things. I, mean, I teach at a university, so I mean, there are, there are a lot of great things that are happening at the university level, but it's not, it's not the bread and butter of what we're going to be doing anymore. So a lot of academics are just running for their lives because they don't know what to do. So basically, I have to get up every day as an academic. I have to get up every day and I have to face the fear of another day that I don't know how to monetize what I know. And so that's a big motivation because it's scary. I mean, you got to think, man, I mean, I would love to just get that tenured position and just do that thing and just be done with it. But, you know, they're not available like they were. It's not the same scenario. So I think that's the first thing that this book allowed me to do. It allowed me to face the fear of it, knowing that, wow, you know what? It's not hitting my head against the wall. There really is something out there. Mm-hmm. And number two, it really allowed me, you know, what was really funny about the whole thing was, is that I came up with this idea for my dissertation after reading the book. What if instead of evaluating learning the way that we always have, we evaluated it like a marketer would with, with things like engagement and, you know, so I wrote my whole dissertation based on the idea of how can we take the marketing principles that people do with social media, for instance, and, and put, and put them up against how we evaluate learning. And then how does that all work and what does it look like? And you guys, I mean, what I learned about just, education in general that I didn't even, I mean, things that I thought about and wrote about and things that I am now writing about and publishing papers on in an academic sense are things that I just could never have ever thought of because I would have gotten stuck in what we always did, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this, there's this adage of do what you always did, do what you always have done and you always get what you always got. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. You you have to change. And so, so for me to generate ideas, uh, the thing that I do probably more than anything is I read things that have nothing to do with what I know. Yeah. And because I'm always thinking to myself, I'm always thinking to myself, okay, so what do I know that that intersects with? Because it's amazing what happens. And then the second thing is I talk to people as much as I can. I'm not really a people person. I know I'm on this show and it feels like this, but I, I really am a true academic. I mean, I could sit in a room and do analysis and write papers and teach my classes. You know, I mean, I'm not a typical sanguine you know, life of the party guy. I'm just not. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but I still get out of my comfort zone on a regular basis. And I talk to people who are in industries that I'm not in, whether it's real estate. I have people that I talk to like you guys that are in 
that are in sports, sports management, things that I just, I just have nothing to do with whatsoever. And what, what happens is I learn things from them and then I see opportunities that, hey, what I know could impact them. And guess what? That impact, if it's real, is valuable. Mm-hmm. And that's how I monetize what I know. In- but it takes a lot of work. I mean, I'm not, I, I haven't, I mean, I wish I could be sitting here like you guys. Uh, I, we're kind of all in the same boat. You know, I haven't made the million dollars yet. I mean, I haven't figured it out to where TEDx is calling me to do, uh, you know, to get my clicker and come out and show what I did. But, but <laughs> I want that's that not, clicker. But that I know I got to have that clicker because those guys, um, and they all screw it up. It's like <laughs> they somebody, <do. laughs> somebody needs to develop a better clicker. But um, but but there's a need out there. There's a need anyway. So, but my point is, is that it's not about honestly. It's not about that ultimate goal because I I don't you know I don't see it yet. I don't see it completely, but I see that I see the way there, and that to me is where the hope is. Now there's this old. There's this old uh, ancient proverb that says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, you know, sometimes when people don't have hope, when they can't see in front of them, when they're stuck, then they lose hope in that. And the hope for me is the fact that I can see the road. I just don't know where it's going, but I can see it. And I know it's out there. And I know I can monetize what I know. Why? Because you guys monetize what you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody can monetize what they know. It's just a matter of figuring out what that looks like. But yeah. you see, the, the incredible thing is value. that you, you don't have to know where the road goes. Yeah. Right. You don't. You actually you shouldn't know where the road goes because then you start interfering with God, the universe, the third eye, whatever you want to refer to it as, is the power above us. You know, because if you start dictating where this is, where you think, oh, it's going to go this direction, it should be going, and it really goes that direction, you only see two feet in front of you. As long as you see the road and you're continually doing what you're doing and you're staying in a state of curiosity and growing and saying, oh, well, this could be interesting or that could be interesting. Because if I went and read a book about astronomy, and figured out, oh, well, this could be really interesting. Maybe this is how this affects blah, blah, blah. Maybe I lived on the ocean and it affects tides. And then it could affect different property values because of whatever else, right? I mean, I'm picking something out of my butt here. But, I mean, you get the idea of what I'm talking let's, about. Let's hope not. Let's hope you're picking it out of thin air. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we get it. That, that and the third eye. That was uh, both of those. Just so many. That Man, that, that last paragraph from you, Greg, was rich with things that I could just mock you for endlessly. But <laughs> and, you're, and you're going to not do this on this show. No, no not on this show. I'll wait, I'll wait until we're done with this show. But, uh, anyway. Post- we- we do have to we do have to wrap that up. We we've, we've kind of hit our time limit for today. But uh, Tim, remind us of where we can uh, connect with you, and especially with the courses and stuff that you offer. Uh, well, I can you can find me at RU Institute. The letters RU Institute You can also, um, if you want to, uh, uh, if you are in real estate or whatever you're doing, and you want to talk about social media or how it can impact your business, you can uh, call. You can uh, get a, a appointment with me at bookdoctortim.com. And, uh, and I offer those for free. So I'll give you, you just um, sign up, you'll, you can talk to me and I'll answer. I'll, I'll just try to explore the journey with you and talk to you about where you're going and what you can do. And then if there's something I can do to help you further than that, then great. Yeah. And if you guys are deadly serious, if you guys want to talk to Tim, he is no joke, a serious wealth of information. He's super kind and he really does mean what he's saying, but get off your ass and book it with him. Otherwise you're going to be in 2018. Okay. Nobody likes the 2018 people. Right. You need to be, you need to be 2017. <laughs> That's right. So Yeah. All right. Awesome guys. And then the book is the Medici effect. Uh, right. the author's name is Franz Johansson or Johansson. Right. I'm not sure yeah, exactly right. which one, yeah. but yeah. 
right. that's that's the book. Go check that out. It looks super super interesting. And then yeah, the Jay Samet exercise is from uh, from his book Disrupt You, which has been amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of that, like I actually had to like scale it back to trying to write down only three problems a day that stick out to me uh, because I was starting to get so many ideas and so many different. Uh, like kind of intersecting ideas like you talked about Tim mm -hmm. that they were getting me I was starting to find myself thinking of new business ideas before I've really mastered the, the I don't know five or ten or whatever it is that we're working <laughs> on right now uh, it's like it can be distracting and I actually had to scale it back so that I wasn't coming up with so many ideas so that that method really really does work and so I can't encourage you enough to go do that but so anyway actually, guys, hold on I'm gonna do one thing if you guys are not in the mindset this is a quick little thing if you guys are not in the mindset for creation Start doing something, do a positive writing every morning. Write down five things you're grateful for, five things you want, and five positive quotes, and write them down every morning. That'll help generate the positive um, vibes, for lack of a better word, in you. Then you'll start start seeing positivity. Like Tim was saying, you'll see the end of the light of the tunnel in front of you. Then you'll start, these ideas will start coming to you. Then Matt, writing them down. Then you'll start the whole flood of, of, of potential coming through to you. So just a quick little tip. I'll let you close it out now, Matt. I like it. All right, guys. Thanks again so much. We appreciate Tim, as always. Really, yeah. really appreciate it. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you on the next episode of Pursuing Results Podcast. See Thank you, guys. You. See you, guys.